Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Coming up on this episode of the Distinguished Savage Podcast. But but that's obvious to pick up on where given the situation, you go, okay, this is normal right here in this environment, but that's not normal in New York City, right? No. And so so those are easy things to spot. Those differences are easy. So what we focus on is obviously those similarities is what's that bandwidth that spreads exactly. across all of these different uh, cultures, all of these different contexts, because there's some body language stuff that's, that's universal in the sense that like everyone, you know, yes, right. your head goes up and down. No, yeah. it goes this way. Uh, the, the man, when you feel like you did something stupid and you like, you slap your forehead, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you see that all over the world because that's autonomic, right? You, th- those are hardwired things in us. Coming up in this episode, Brian Marin and Greg Williams of Arcadia Cognorati are back. Welcome to the Distinguished Savage Podcast. Welcome back to the Stinger Savage Podcast. Before we get to my interview with Brian and Greg, this episode is brought to you by Absolute Security and Luck. ASL, located in beautiful Roxburgh, North Carolina, serving both in North and South Carolina. ASL is your total security company, providing locksmithing, security, security cameras, doors, security doors, you know this thing, scapes, safes, scapes, <laughs> safes. Provide all your commercial, residential, and automotive security solutions, whether you need new locks, keys, security systems, doors, commercial, residential, whatever you need. Uh, awesome monitoring rates, CCTV, the whole yada yada. ASL is your go-to for securing your home and business. Licensed and bonded with 20 years of experience, they are and their family, my cousin Scott. ASL has installed my locks and security system here at Rogue Manor South. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I am big on the security thing, right? So you can find ASL at their website, AbsoluteSecurityAndLock.com or by phone 866-322-4598 and tell them I sent you. It won't get you a discount code or anything, but they'll be like, oh, hey, you know Walt, that's also yeah. Now, man, today on the show, two of my favorite people, Brian Marin and Greg Williams of Arcadia Cognorati and the Left of Greg podcast. Now, if you aren't familiar, Greg Williams is the founder and CEO of Arcadia Cognorati, former Detroit LEO, Army vet, one of the founders of the Marine Corps Combat Hunter Program, and the man General Mad Dog Mattis called a national treasure, which is absolutely true. Brian Marin's former MARSOC sniper, high threat protection security specialist, and currently a senior VP of operations for Arcadia Cognorati, co-host of the Left of Greg podcast, and the man most likely to keep Greg on the straight and narrow, which is difficult as you'll hear. Greg's amazing. But 
If it's your first time hearing these two, you're in for a treat. Brian and Greg are some of the first guests I had the incredible honor to have on the show. And they've been on four times now. I, I look back to see it's four times now. When it comes to human behavior and human performance and where those two things meet, these guys are who you want training you. In today's episode, we discuss their new textbook. I highly recommend The Theory of HBPRNA and for the Uninitiated. If you're not familiar with Brian and Greg's work, that's Human Behavior Pattern Recognition and Analysis. And this new book is it's it's literally incredible. It's it is a phenomenal textbook. Stay tuned at the end of the episode uh, where to order your own copy and get a discount code in the show notes. But on a personal note, Brian and Greg are some of the most solid human beings on the face of this planet. And as you'll hear in this episode, man, I've hit them up in the past. These guys, I've had, I've asked them for advice. Both are incredibly nice, very thoughtful, and will not bullshit you, which is exactly what you for, want, <laughs> man. As my good friend Dustin Wright says, just because you're my friend doesn't mean you co-sign on my bullshit. So. With no further ado, here's my always amazing, highly entertaining conversation with Brian Marin and Greg Williams of Arcadia Cognorati. Oh, hey, yeah. I'll, I'll teach you. I'll He's teach cool. you something that nobody else knows. So when we're hyping the book, what mm-hmm. we do is I hype the book this way because then it only has my <laughs> name on it, and, then and I hold it. I hold it like this. I hold it like this. this. So mine is covered up. And so, so that bastard doesn't my, even acknowledge me on social we, media. We just go, here's my textbook. And Greg goes, exactly. here's my textbook that I wrote. I hold it this way. Greg holds it this way. And then Can you imagine I, that? It's actually a good How idea. We should, start, we should start doing that and never mention one another when we talk about it. You'll be the only one that knows. <laughs> I'll be the only one that knows. I tell you what's awesome. Uh, speaking of, so... Brian Marin, Greg Williams, welcome to welcome back to the show. What are we like? Is this four times now? Yeah, I think three or four. But we love coming on here. We, we, we ever do. since ever since you uh, uh, first reached out to me via email years ago, and yeah. the, I think the 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 your your uh, signature at the bottom of that whatever is sent. I think it's from your iPhone sent. Yeah, from, deep from my cerebral <laughs> cortex or something like that. Right. I was like, through the magic like, of we're my probably iPhone, gonna be, we're gonna be talking to this guy for a while, <laughs> like. Yep. I had a so feeling weird. this relationship was going to last a few years. Uh, you, so. uh, exactly. You know what's funny is when you guys did the 100th episode, I was looking back through because I always have notes from you guys' episodes. It's uh, oh. I have yellow pads. I've got the book. It's highlighted up and it's like got the, got the little post-its in it. I've got no, but I came across uh, when we did the 100th episode for you guys and mm-hmm. uh, I did the uh, uh, all the different mottos for the yeah. uh, the. The Royal Order of Greg. Royal Order of Order Greg. Of oh, yeah, that's what it is. The Royal yeah. Order of Homophily. I think it was never. That's Greg wonderful. is your leader. That was yeah. so. No, hell, Greg. That just yeah. tells you how bad you're like. You had to move out of a state to a new state because of all that. Think about that. <laughs> that that horror is still following you, man. Speaking of this bullshit, I leave I Austin. And you guys are like, hey, you know what? Funny, you like, mentioned we're going to go to Austin. I'm like, I think it was like a few weeks later we were there too. It was like we, we, we saw the that we saw the taillights of, of your truck leaving as we were yeah. coming in. Yep. Uh, yeah, Austin is a quirky place, right? It's a very it's wild. It is so absolutely it, welcoming, yeah. and yeah. it's so wonderful, and it yeah. is so gosh darn diverse that it, you're it, constantly looking around. You you got to pull over to the side of the road, or you're going to get in a rear end collision with somebody. Because there's so much to see and so much to do. And it's like all of these uh, creative and infinitely opinionated people put their finger on a map and decided to live in the same place. 
And yep. you would think that there's nothing but turmoil and turbidity, and it's wonderful. It works. It just works. It's wild. Uh, yeah. it, it is. It's, it it's really chaos. Is. It's it's complete chaos in in, a, in an interesting way. And because I went down to like that Sixth Street at at night, and so oh, it was shit. like probably like midnight when I got in at like Saturday or something like that. Went with one of our our advisory board got members. Out. But yeah. uh, but you know, I was just taking photos and wandering around. And you literally had everything there. You yep. had just yep. the street chud person who's just, you know, whatever. You've got people trying to sell dope. You've got people trying to buy dope. You've got yep. like like grandma and grandpa decked out, dressed up all nice out there. You've got people going to yep. a comedy show. You got people going to this. You go to the south end or the one end of it. It's like then you you have like this is definitely like a, a cartel adjacent club yep. here. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah, see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a money laundering operation. You got oh, candy yeah. corner to the nicest here. hotel we've ever yeah, been in and, in our and, life. And, and then yeah. and then you've got like, all right, this side of the street over here parked on the side street is uh, Austin PD, but that side's the Texas DPS, and they have their own yeah. field. I was like, this is wild yep. it's yeah, so it's much crazy right? like i was getting obe just like overwhelmed just taking photos and everything because of like there's so much going on here you couldn't like if i was trying to teach something i couldn't walk five feet because the, ooh, there's another thing oh there's another exactly. thing oh, yeah so but and it, and, it, and it works for austin it somehow yeah. works for austin you know? it really so. is it's it's a quirky place but you know what's interesting is uh you know for the long i mean apd is short like i don't know like yeah 300 officers or something yeah. something insane and so they're, they're like hey we're gonna bring dps in like yeah. first weekend they brought DPS in, like there were like and, 250 arrests, like that first night. And they, then the governor's like, that's it. We're exactly. DPS is back on the road. We can't have this. Like yeah, there's too many people right. getting arrested. I joke. It's all about lenses though. DPS it's all about lenses because Austin lenses. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, listen, DPS is one of the greatest law enforcement uh, organizations on the face of the planet, but they have a vision. Oh yeah. Austin PD, great PD. They have a vision. The problem was nobody discussed how those visions were going to yeah. be. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And on that first night, they were like, well, that doesn't go. Well, it kind of always goes on 6th yeah. Street. Well, so that, it, it's just such a to... great way of even within the United States, or we're going to come in and do things our way. Yep. And Austin being like, well, that doesn't work in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And it's yep. like, you know, I mean, and that's how stuff is. So it's when oh, you yeah. see it, it's it's amazing because that's that's what it is. That's, that's, that's how life is. Austin's better now because you left, yeah. though. I mean, nah. we, we all agree to that. That was the one thing that the city council actually yeah. uh, put it on our charter. Yeah, we so, this what guy. can you tell us? I, I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, be so uh, attribution based that people can find you now. Uh, but do you talk about the yeah. state where your new home is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Back home okay, in North Carolina. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah. so I'm in Hickory. It's not a huge town, but it's not a small town anymore. Either. North Kakalaki, Brian. North I spent exactly. a lot of times in North Kakalaki. Back in the lax, yeah. son. That's, I love that's North Carolina. Yeah, man. Good barbecue, good beers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, North Carolina is a great spot. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you know what? No double talk. People say what's on their mind. You don't yeah. have to go for a mile uh, around the house and then climb. But they're polite about it. They really yeah. are, but they're going to have their they're going to have their say and their way a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I will tell you though, man, it's uh, hard not to eat. Just like my diet went off the rails here. You know, I'm just like this is just all comfort food and fries. Yeah, and just like, that's the thing. Oh, is like, Jesus. yeah, you were in Texas. You're in Austin, but Austin has so much like the healthy yeah. stuff you can get yep. and the foo foo yeah. food that I love eating because it's actually going to allow me to you know live a, a full life so I can yeah. see my son grow up. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I can start eating healthy. Not if I have my so way, much man. here. 
but but yeah, you get that. But you get so addicted to the barbecue and the cornbread and the southern oh, stuff, and like I biscuits. just, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And they're so good, like you yeah. can't. It's not like getting it, you know, from the can or something like that. We're like, yeah, this yeah. isn't that great. Like when you go and you get the real deal, like oh, yeah. man, that, my biscuits. That, you got you got sausage gravy running through your veins after a week, you know. <laughs> That's true, and that yellow that's barbecue so sauce, that yellow. Uh, uh, oh my stuff god! That oh yeah, 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 absolutely. That stuff's great. Can get nowhere else in the United States, yeah. but in North Carolina. Yeah, and then when you it's do like get it, you're addicted. Kind of, yeah, yeah. If Can and I have when. this with ice, with a little umbrella? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I drink it all day. If and when you guys get out here, and I'm going to say when. Because you need to get your fine asses out here. Well, you're already I talking like, like a full studio talking, here. You're already you're already talking like you're back in North Carolina. You're saying when yeah. when you oh, come exactly. out here, oh. and I'm like, oh, oh here we go. Come on, I now. get country as fuck when I come out here. You're <laughs> yeah. my dad. That's just so southern. That's so great. great. There's a little so place that we started going. It's called the Hickory Social, and they have this uh, Carolina Cuban sandwich. Not a big fan of a Cuban oh. before, but it's it's that uh, that toasted flatbread with pulled pork. Swiss cheese pickles mm. and that gold mm. barbecue sauce that you're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet baby Jesus, it's. I'm like, That's wonderful. We just get that Carolina Cuban tonight and those sweet potato fries because wow. good lord, oh, it's I'm so hooked. good. I'm hungry now. Yeah, I, I do. you guys come out. We're going to the Hickory Social. Shout out, man. That place is awesome. Like we're there all the time now. I tell you what else too. You can get uh, there's things that are very southern. Like so here, I don't know if you guys ever tried it. There's a thing called liver mush. Some either love it or you hate it. I haven't had that. It's ground liver, which I don't really care for liver, but it's ground liver with cornmeal and seasoning. So it has to become a sausage sort of a vibe to it. But it's just it's a North Carolina staple. Up north they call Hmm. it scrapple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of that. I I just I I haven't heard it deconstructed in such a manner. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and you know the cool thing is when when you grow up poor like we all did yeah. and you have to make your way uh you know about those type of food stuff yeah. because think about what you just mentioned that we're in a, the recipe that's all the stuff that's left over yep. you know that i'll tell you what yeah uh, uh people say you ate liver as a kid yeah i did because it was cheap you yeah. know and our yes. family wanted to give us well, the iron and, and i had no idea when i was a kid that we just called it mush we didn't you know because yeah. it's liver it's called liver mush or liver pudding which actually sounds gross but liver mush i'm right. like oh that's fine well, well, mid, 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 from, being from the midwest we did a lot of casseroles everyone yeah. would have a casserole yep. different oh, type, yeah. just everything mixed in there and just oh, like yeah, yep yeah. just my, my dad yeah. would make salmon patties so you could buy a can of salmon oh, yeah. and yeah. it was so cheap it was like you'd get a six pack of cans of salmon for 39 cents and so my dad would literally open the top of the can and cut them into yep. these circular patties. Exactly. And he would go, it's as good as hamburgers. And I would cry and I would sit there yeah. and just crying in my Wonder Bread and my gosh damn sandwich. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the bread burgers. Not, bread oh, burgers yeah. were always yeah. like oh, that's yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have buns. Radish sandwiches. Buns. <laughs> my my Shelly's family, they still eat them to this day. They have a little bit of butter on the bread and then radishes sliced thin. And I go, oh, we can tell right away where you grew up. Yep. And, and that, that you had no well, money. That, that was well, that was my uh when when my mom was uh she went on a trip with with her parents, so my grandparents and then my my brother and sister, and I was I was at home, it was just me and my dad at home then, and then that's where I learned to like you can actually uh pick the spots of mold off of the different breads or whatever, and it's still <laughs> and good. It's the still rest of the bread's good. still it's fine. Still good. Still I was fine. like, Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't oh, yeah. a thing. And then toast it. Now you don't even get that moldy taste. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. But he he liked he liked the fried bologna sandwiches, which yeah, I yeah. realized yeah. it's funny as a kid you look back and now you're like, oh you he was just he was just drunk all those times he was making those. Like, <laughs> Both are true in this instance, but with your father, you know. Now I remember uh, the first time I had a taste powdered milk 
And uh, yeah. I, I remember like, again, I was a crier in the family. I still am. I, I cry a lot. And yeah. I would sit around and my two older brothers were just like, drink it. And I'm like, oh, you know, I would drink it. It was, oh, horrible, I hated but it. it was cheap. And, you know, yeah. it yeah, was same. on that uh, women, infant, children program. So yeah, my we had the same thing. Yeah. That. Remember the government cheese? Che- yep, which government didn't look cheese or taste or feel like yep. cheese, but it was the color of cheese. Yeah, you know? it was. It <laughs> was. Big brick. Oh, God. Exactly. Those exactly. were the days. How my did folks we get on this up. topic? Because now I'm hungry for lunch. Because yeah, it made us keep talking about food. Yeah. Well, Brian, being from Chicago, right? Skyline chili. Oh, yeah, man. so I that's I'm not something I was ever that that into, but yeah, because it's the, an abomination, my friend. Goddamn chili should not have nutmeg. Yeah, that, that, that's that's not it. as big in like <laughs> Chicago's known for its other stuff. It's like yeah, uh, obviously pizza. Everyone yeah. thinks deep dish pizza, although that's from Chicago. No yeah. one like in Chicago really ever eats deep dish pizza. It's like a tourist thing. We that's we feed not. it to all. The, we feed it. We feed it to all the tourists so they don't get our good pizza, <laughs> which is like a tavern style, like really oh, really yeah. good. Oh, but so uh, good. but but that and then Chicago style hot dog is just if you if you ever oh, get the chance yeah. to get one of those, it's so unbelievably good. You just yeah, kraut yeah. and uh, spicy mustard. Well, so, so you get, um, so Chicago style hot dog has celery salt on it. You've got, uh, fresh oh. onions, relish, sport peppers. Um, you've got, uh, mustard, no ketchup. Uh, you're not allowed to put ketchup on a hot dog in Chicago. Um, and like there's what, <laughs> what else do we need? sport peppers and then a uh, pickle, uh, a pickle spear. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, like, but, it, and, and, and the, and what you get in Chicago is it's, it's relish, but it's literally neon green yep. color. It's a neon oh, yeah. green colored relish and you put it all together together you eat that and it is like unbelievable it's so good it looks weird at first you're like what the hell is all yeah, this on this hot dog it. and then you take a bite and you're like that's the greatest thing i've ever had yeah. all the flavors just come together so See, in the south there's the the like the carolina sort of vibe because they would do it with hamburgers and hot dogs it's uh it's chili slaw and onions with mustard okay yeah uh, okay okay but they usually that call sounds- relish down here chow chow that's kind of the thing down here is like it's that's that's an old school southern kind of thing. They get that chow right. chow on there. That's great. <laughs> Good lord. I, can, well, I, I, I have just, no idea. Are we what just guests are going to be thinking? Yeah, because they're going to be going. So is this a culinary hour? No. Yeah. They're yeah. just all very hungry when we uh, recorded yeah. this episode. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, I can't okay. wait. So let's talk about the new book because it's yeah. fucking phenomenal. I told you when I now Aww. I will say when I ordered. I was like, I when you say textbook, I think of like what I got in college, right? Yeah. <laughs> With my all my hours of college and no degree to show for it. I go with this big <laughs> a lot, textbook. A lot where of people go to school for seven years. Yeah, so. <laughs> They're called doctors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I and I was like, when I got it, I'm like, this is I'm like, it's not what I expect when I get a textbook. And then the it's so you get a regular textbook at school and it's what, like maybe 80% horse shit and like you get some there's information in there but you have to read through all the shit because like read the first 30 pages you guys textbook is just it is from the moment i pick it up like it is just dense in information and yep. i love that i cannot tell you how Aww. much i love that there's not all the like all the extraneous bullshit language in there where you're like we're gonna make this about 800 pages well, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that because we're, you know, and Greg and I went back and forth with this for a while and it was hard, I was hot when it's hard to do. And because of, yeah. you, you know, what we teach, what we do, and there's a lot you can put in there, but it's like, well, okay, well, what do, what do we need? What are the elements? So let's just stick to, if you were going to, you know, get into the different subjects that we talk about, here's what it is. Now, as you know, within there, you could then go 
on just pick one of the things in one of the chapters, and then you could go do your own research on everything yeah. that goes in behind yeah, yes. that, right? And it's immense, but we wanted it to include it in there to show this is where it came from, but then you got the stories in there for the so what. Here's an yes. example of that. Here's what that means in context. So you'll love it when uh, when uh, you're you're one of the early adopters. So you'll be yes, one sir. of the folks that get access to the uh, to the video guide that we're building right now. So you're going to yep. get so so with, with with the textbook, it'll be a little intro to the chapter. Here's a couple examples, and then like us out on the street doing it and showing yeah. examples of something and then like us talking about it and then answering questions. So you're going to get the full thing. We just, it's just putting everything together. So, so much more work than I thought, let's but, go back but I appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I no, no, that's, it's great, Brian. And those are great shout outs. So uh, Brian and I, the most frequently asked question when we're on the road is, well, you know, everybody looks at left to bang the plagiarized version of your work. Uh, <laughs> uh, why don't you write a book? And it's like, look, uh, we spend all our time, uh, you know, given we leave everything on the mat and you yeah. know that about us yeah, and, and so when we walk away it's like when we go back to the hotel room we're planning for the scenarios on the next day and so brian goes look we got to get out a book but we don't want this this horse crap book yeah. you know that dances around we want a textbook and it's like okay well who's going to buy a textbook and brian rightly said everybody that's ever met you is going to want to know <laughs> because they all want to unpack your brain so chris rhodes at liberty university and Brian talked for a long time and Chris had a connection at McGraw Hill. And one of the things that Brian and I didn't want to do is we didn't want to have a self-published, you know, no. manuscript that, you know, on the cover, yeah. Brian and Greg, Hey, <laughs> you know, come golfing with us and we'll tell you about this because that's all, yeah. like you said, it's, it's horseshit. And, and I'll tell you what the problem is uh, with this book, because the problem with this book is it's unpacking human behavior, pattern, recognition, and analysis. Yep. So if you're not ready for that, you're going to have to be, backing up and going back yeah. there. it's a great thing but we've already had people go okay this is wonderful but when are you coming out with the dummies guide to hbrna yeah. and, and the idea is we're not because yeah. what we're going to continue Thank to God. do is yeah. this is going to be yeah. like a gosh damn uh, uh accordion where each one of this now brian and i have gone back in and we're recording okay so what does that mean and so what about that and this and yeah. so you'll be able to access all of those and all of our webinars and all of the times that on our podcast we talked about stuff and the great interviews we had so you're not just getting a textbook you're getting a, a growing breathing, breathing living document it's, yeah. it's like you know how much i love the supreme court it's now a pedagogy. think of the the the, yeah. the constitution and the bill of uh, uh, of rights right that's yeah. what we're trying to build we're trying to build something that's going to outlast us so anybody that's in this field can look back and go i never considered it that way or oh yeah. that's where it comes from do you remember the the uh, uh around christmas and it's coming up uh, the claymation characters where, uh, you know, how Santa Claus became Santa Claus. And yeah. they always have like the Mickey Rooney doing the voice for the little claymation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then right, right in, during one of the scenes, they go, that's where he got the reindeer. Oh, that's where he got the red suit. You know, all yeah. the, you know now I know why he has a beard. Well, that's exactly what we want people doing when yeah. you're going through this book. So that epiphany moment that you get in class, you're now getting in chapter one. And then you're going, wow, I want to go to chapter nine because that's where my interest is, but chapter three, you know, yeah. so it, it's this, uh, uh, it's a voluminous guide to such incredible information, but now it's in a cogent message form Yes. Uh, because yes. in Greg form, I would never sell a book. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? You'd be exhausted. Uh, can you imagine me doing an elevator pitch? And at the end of people go, just go, go, because I have so much that I want to talk about. And then, you know, Brian was able to, to, to actually, I don't want to say edit because Brian never really edits anything. Brian puts his unique perspective on things 
and pushes it all through that gosh damn uh, uh, chopper, uh, you know, the yeah. meat processor. So it comes out a link of sausage that you can actually, you know, put on a bun. We're back to food uh, yeah. uh, and, you know, yeah. throw some mustard on and eat it. And that's what you want, you know, because there's so many articles out there and all the articles fall short. And we also didn't want one of the gosh damn TV shows that all yeah. the TV shows go, oh, yeah. was the existence of men predated by alien visitors? And <laughs> if so, can this be unlocking? That's what they do to science now. Yeah. And it's a shame. So we wanted to take the popular mechanics route and say, here's what we know. And, and you know yeah. what? That's exactly what it is. These are things we know, and we're still searching about these other things. And that's also a format because there are so many people that, that uh, go back to our work and we go back to others' work, but nobody ever creates those linkages. So we hope here in a way that we use the oh. science and the architecture. And, and I know it's a... I, I'm so proud that you got one because what we also don't want to do is just have a person order it because they know us. And, yeah. and yeah. I hope well, you've had the epiphany the, moment in the first couple of pages. The, the, really the, 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 the price point kind of prohibits that, that from happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, well, I get it. I, but, but, but that's the point too, is we've got more that we're doing, but, but this is for folks like, you know, for like you, Walt, you yeah. know, and people like that, it's not for the everyday person. It's for someone who wants to do a deep dive and really wants to challenge themselves and learn all about mm-hmm. it and, and spend time. I mean, you know, you'll come back out to there. that. Even right, though yeah, you'll right. go through it, you know you're going to come back to that and go, well, what was this? And then then you'll you'll go through it once, and then you'll get into it and go, well, shit, I want to learn a little bit more about this. And then yeah. you'll start researching just that thing, and that'll open up another door where you exactly. go, wow, I didn't know. And that's that's sort of the point behind exactly. it. And, and, and there's so much in there, like you said. And so I, I'm glad that it's getting the feedback it is. Um, there were some <laughs> some issues. I know you got, I sent a letter with the, with the book too, where, because yeah. it was built for an online platform, they yeah. basically did like file print, you know what I mean? Their yeah, version yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's stuff in there like that, like click Notes. this link and it's like, wait yeah. a minute, like that yeah. you... You can't. It, you it can't click that so, link in the book yet. Nope. Yeah, there's little issues like that 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 kind of slip through, yeah. so but I, we'll get that corrected. But yeah, either way, it doesn't take away from the process. It just yeah. it's just odd looking. When I heard the because we talked about it before, and you're like, "Well, it's going to come out, but it's not going to be cheap." And I'm like, "Ah, fuck! I don't care yeah. how much it costs. I'm yeah. gonna get this book." Yep. And I think the the episode that you talked about the textbook had been out for about two or three days, and I'm like, "Oh, there's a new Brian. There's a new left to gray, right?" So I'm listening to it, and you're like, "Textbook." I'm like, "It's out." God damn it. Hold on. Let me pull over. I was driving to the gym. I'm right. pulling over right now. I'm ordering this. I'm ordering it right now, man. And it absolutely, so and I did get my little note though. I, although, wait a minute. Did you sign this? Somebody no. Well, I, I, so, so, so you, did, yeah. here's the thing. We'll do something else. We see people it. want to sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, because I have them and Greg wasn't there to sign it too. I didn't nah, just want sense. to do yeah, like yeah. the signature, not him, but, but we've got, yeah, because you, you know, the author of the book, uh, if you get it, so <laughs> he'll be willing to sign that, right, yeah. Marin? <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah, it's awesome hilarious. because so many pieces of the little, like I said, you know, you guys know, I've only get about two hours to do my, you know, yeah. situational awareness, for lack of a better term, yeah. right? There's no great term for it, but yeah, no, like, no, just it, like, it, but it, I I was looking just out of curiosity because I'm revamping it a little bit now. Um, I think uh, you guys are. Are are notated in there as a source like thirty one times so far, <laughs> two hours, right? Because there's so many little pieces that are right. like that I got from you guys. And what's nice is, like I said, I I have to go back through my notes on my phone because a lot of times I'll be at the gym, I'll be listening to a pod, you know, to you guys, and I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta write that down, and I'll notate the the episode, the episode number, the time on it, You're you so know, kind. and all this. So, but what's nice now is now I have this. 
Right? Yes. Yeah. You got yeah. It. That's what makes it so much better, right? It makes it so because I, and I have the notations, I have the, I have the ability now to go back and look at it. I've got it all in, in this, no, well, not all of it. Right. But cause so much of what you guys is off the cuff as well. Oh, and speaking to, uh, Greg, your elevator pitch would be fucking amazing. I have stolen one of your lines about now. Next thing you know, diabetes losing a losing a foot. I have yeah. used that as a paramedic before because I'm that's like, that's so great. You can't keep like this because can you, you imagine? Know. So so listen. Here's one thing that I'll give you. I'll share with you. Nobody else gets to hear it. So everybody else go la la la. The idea is we're all martial artists on this call too, yeah. and a very very venerated genius martial artist back in the day told me. Most people think black belt is the end of your journey and black belt is the beginning of your journey. Mm. All those other things that you did got you to this moment in time. Now you can start learning martial arts. And that's how we feel. I mean, everybody uses the term situational awareness or situation awareness yeah. as the end of the journey. Hey, that's the goal. That's where we want to get. And, and we're saying, look, that's the ticket you need to get on the ride. Yep. And yep, if you exactly. don't have that, you're not getting in. And, and so this book is a, a great stride towards that. And it oh, took yeah. us a long time to put together. And, you know, of, of course, there's mistakes. The, the greatest thing about a book is you never look at the book and go, wow, that was wonderful. Look at what we've done. You look back and you go, uh, line three, page four, yeah, chapter yeah, nine, yeah. the end quote is wrong or something, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but we're getting great feedback. That's no, amazing. We want to get it out there because we look, you know what the, the future versions are going to be? All those questions that people have that call us or write us that we can't cover in an episode, an hour long episode. Every mm -hmm. why do podcasts work? Because everybody knows that McMillan and wife, you can solve the homicide in an hour, yeah. you know, with commercials, right? And and so the idea is that that's not what life is like. And life is complicated. And and you know, there's no more complicated thing than understanding a human. Uh, by another human, but there's no more simple thing because your whole life is is dedicated to building your understanding of other humans and yeah. being able to interact with them in real time. And, and so, you know, we talk about everything. We talk about the origins of the, the military side and the original 6573 and where the different people came in that influenced great decisions. So yeah. it's a historical perspective as well. And we're very excited doing it and so proud of you uh, uh, that you got one. Uh, if it came oh, back, man. returned to sender with like some of your dog's extra men in it, we would have been really crushed. Well, I would have been. Marin would Hilarious. be okay with it. And, and I don't know if they told you, but that's actually my brain full size if I hold it up to the side <laughs> uh, that Ryan took the photo of. So. That's amazing. That's amazing. Man, and so much of it, uh, well, like the podcast, right? Like what the content that you guys put out is fucking incredible, but some of it just is so actionable, like right away. That's you can the literally, point. Yeah. And it's fucking incredible. I give an example. So I went to, uh, um, there is a, uh, I want to put it on blast. There's a, there's a bar here that is quite, uh, it's, it's what you imagine. It's all the stereotypes of the South, right? It's, it's that kind of bar, right? But it's this fun, cool little dive bar or whatever. Right. And my sister goes there sometimes with her guy and he was a little karaoke and stuff. And we go there and it's interesting because, I was just reading about like, you know, uh, who's the leader of this group, right? Who's the leader of this, this little group here, like, and how you sort of observe that from a distance. Sure. Cause I saw these four guys and two of the guys cutting up and I'm like, and I start thinking about what you guys talk about, like in the book, right. About, or what you've talked about on the podcast as well about who's the leader of this group. So it turns out, right. And I'm watching, I'm trying to figure out, cause one guy's getting a little too drunk. He's getting a little loud. There's one guy that's a little bit older than the rest of them wearing a Marine Corps shirt. Instantly enough, I end up end up having a conversation with him. I'm like, what's up, devil dog? And he's like, oh, hey, you know, like right away. <laughs> we have, great. we have, you know, we have that shared thing. But I realize he's sort of the guy who regulates these other three guys, right? Because he's sort of he's the older guy, you know, old Marine, 
right? You know, because the one guy starts getting kind of loud and he's like, puts his hand on, she's like, hey, 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 you're too, a little too loud right now. But it was interesting just watching the dynamic and like everything that you guys talk about, about like, hey, who's the leader of this group, right? Let's see if we can pick out who the leader, because I didn't know these guys, right? But I ended up kind of chit-chatting well, with all of them later on. You're, you capture stuff. The, the reason it's so much fun to come back on your podcast all the time is you capture stuff most people miss that just walks by. And I want you to imagine that same situation you were in and then add a so what to it. So what is that you and your friends and your sister could have left if you saw that it was getting too raucous well yeah. before anybody else figured out it was going to go to fisticuffs or whatever else was going to happen. If you were a copper, you could have walked in and in a couple of minutes before you contacted anybody, you could have figured out what the leadership was uh, you know, mm -hmm. using the MAID acronym and gone over and talked to the right person at the right time and de-escalated the situation rather yeah. than needlessly causing additional grief. If you were going to buy or sell something, you right away know the person that's likely going to be the boss that you have to talk to rather yeah. than a bunch of underlings. So there's so much benefit. And what, what you're doing is you're people watching. You're yeah. people watching with a scientific architecture that's right. And so now you sit back and you go, wow, it's amazing. This play is acting out right in front of me and exactly. I could develop the cast of characters. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It, well, another example too, when I went up to, uh, up in your Asheville, uh, last weekend for a lock picking class, right. An old, uh, Marsoc Marine. I was telling you guys, Justin, super good dude, not, like Greg, not on social media. So I can't tag him on anything. There you go. But, but uh, so I pulled this little, uh, uh, maybe I went off the rails a little bit. I went to a Bojangles, which has the most incredible Ooh. biscuits ever. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you yeah. You know, what I'm talking Bojangles about, was our call sign in, oh. in uh, uh, New York uh, just <laughs> a couple so of weeks great, ago. Man. Bojangles is so great. That was but, our exit signal. But I'm like, I'm starving. I'm like, I got to get somebody. Yeah. Bojangles. Let's go there. Right. But it's interesting because this full, this van, I pull up next to this van. And like you say, like you drive up and you kind of get the, what's the baseline. Right. And I see this, there's a couple of different people in this one's little passenger van. Right. And there's this one dude that looks kind of squirrely. I see him. He's got this, uh, ba uh, he's got like the little baby bassinet thing that you carry the kid around in. Right. And he's, he looks agitated. The, the, there's like an older couple up front and some young girl in there. And then like I said, I see he's got an ankle monitor on. So I'm like, all right, I'm interested in this whole story. Right. Yep. So he goes in, I guess he, his girlfriend, I, I'm going to assume the baby mama is working in Bojangles. Right. So he comes in, he's kind of agitated. He's got the kid with him, you know, slinging the thing around. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't look good. This guy's already got maybe maybe already has a history of, uh, of run-ins with the law. He's got an ankle monitor on, let's be honest. Right. Um, you know, like the, the mom and the dad, or they seem like a mom and a dad of somebody right up front seems like a little nervous about what's this kid going to do. He looks a little erratic. I'm like, maybe I'm just going to get my food to go right. because I don't really know what's happening right now, but yep. it does, it's, you know, cause he comes like, he goes up to the front with the kid, you know, the girl comes out, they go outside and talk. He comes back in with the kid and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get my food to go because pa parents are likely here. driving because his license is restricted or suspended. Yep. Those type of storylines keep coming up with a negative connotation. Why? Because we don't associate a heuristic like an ankle monitor with good behavior. There's yeah. no school that says, "Hey, you're our you know, magna cum laude here. Put yeah. this on. We want yeah. to be able to we will follow you around." Yeah. yeah. So, so sadly, what happened is all of those uh, artifacts and evidence created cues and those cues came together. And when you were measuring them against the baseline, 
that was too high an investment for you at Bojangles for lunch. And that's what we try to do. Look, yeah. if you're just a common, you know, everyday civilian and you're not a, you know, Marin trained tip of the spear or, or a Greg that's got, you know, decades in law enforcement, how can you go out and navigate your environment? Well, you can, you, yeah. you can, and you can do it with great aplomb and do it very well and, and stay out of sticky situations as well as get into them if you're LE and you want to, or a first yeah. responder and you want to navigate those, those stepping stones. Remember the cakewalk when we were kids, every place had the cakewalk uh, at the little carnival at the school. I would always mm -hmm. go to that because I was going, oh my God, can you imagine eating a whole cake? I never won. <laughs> uh, but the idea was that if you stepped on the wrong pattern, it was like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. A big rock came down, crushed you, and a bunch of the, uh, people shot arrows at you. So what you were able to do is use human behavior pattern recognition analysis in real time at a restaurant and yeah. make a very simple decision. I'm going to get my food to go. That is Spartan. That That is brilliant. That is tip of the spear, man. I, I love the way you think. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. Because because uh, there are a couple, we could go on and on about the book. I would literally keep you guys on here all day, but obviously we don't all have time to do that. But I want to half get day, into, half day will do because I love again how the book breaks down the things, right? Because I like I I know so when I teach, I'm like hey, we're going to talk about HBPRNA, and I'm like, and I talk about where it comes from, and you guys, and I always, and there's always like the precursor stories, like well, if you're not through with the Left of Greg podcast, and here's why it's called Left of Greg, right? So it's always Hilarious. interesting. But you guys talk about the top 10 of human behavior. And I want to get into that a little bit because that leads us into how you guys talk about understanding HBPRNA, which is, I feel like, kind of the one of the cornerstones of, I feel like there's these pillars of this, yeah. of, of your whole thing, right? So let's get into that a little bit. So I love it because you talk about, and you guys talked this on the podcast before, memory is fiction. And that's so true. Yeah. As good as I think my memory is, right? Still. You know, like, like, you know, somebody like, no, that's not what it all happened. You were, that wasn't what right. happened. Right. Right. So and, let's get into that a little bit. Well, it, it's, it's just a simple way to look at as you, you know, memory is very interesting. First of all, <clears throat> you have the capacity to store pretty much unlimited amounts, unlimited, you, but you don't have the capacity to recall that type of information. So it's usually about memory recall. And the thing about memory is, um, <clears throat> you know, you're not really you're thinking about something that happened in your life. You're not really recalling back to when it happened. You're, you're actually thinking back to the last time you maybe told that story or recalled that event. Mm. So that means it changes. So you, so your baseline for what you think occurred. So there's going to be natural shifts because our memory has holes in it and our brain will fill it in with stuff. Even when you're not trying to, even when you're trying to be completely honest, you know, your, your things are going to change in the story because you can't remember all of those details. You, you can't remember things that well. And there's different ways to, you know, traumatic events or really funny things are going to, you're going to be able to recall easier because it's called the memory emotion link. And basically when you create those memories, the myelination happens faster because of all the emotion involved in a sense. And so you, 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 you can remember those things uh, easier. And, and, but even within those big events, all the little details, they, they just don't even, don't even think about, right. don't even rely on those major muscle movements. Sure. You can remember things about a car crash or certain elements, but you're not going to remember all those small things. And so <clears throat> your brain has to kind of 
tell a story, right? Your brain does stories. And so it puts it together in a story. So just like any story, even if you made a movie or documentary based on a real thing, not everything makes it in there, right? Not everything uh, uh, can. It's just, it's too much fidelity and your brain doesn't want all that. It'll go, I'm not worried about that. I'll fill that in later when I get there. But that's also like how like, you know, yeah, I caught a fish this big and then it becomes this big and then it becomes this big over time. So you start to, you start to embellish little parts, even when you don't even realize that you're doing that. And and embellishment comes naturally. Look, the reason people commit suicide and the reason that people thrive are the same reasons. I sit there and every time I tell a story, because I'm the protagonist, I'm the center of my universe, it gets a little better. Then I told the guy, step back. Look, I was sitting in a chair watching the conversation. I never got up out of my chair, but I take on that life of my own. Or I go, yeah, and everybody hated me and they were yelling at me and I was the one that dropped the ball. So whatever that reality is that you create for yourself, it becomes an inevitability. And that's why human beings have to walk that back. You have to you have to stop believing in your own bullshit enough to take a look and see what's really happening so around you. And that's the essence of uh, human behavior, where it meets human performance. Because left alone, you will create an environment around you where you've never done anything wrong. And everything that you do is to, you've got the Midas touch, baby. And that can be a, 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 you know, lead to your downfall as well. So reality is reality based and it's only based on your perception. Yeah, no, man. So true. The next one. And I think this is probably one of the, to me, one of the biggest key, key points, right? And at first, when you say it, like training changes behavior, that sounds innocuous, right? Okay. Yeah. Tra- right. Right. But if you really start to like how, well, how you guys help me think about it, like how you started to describe it, it truly is. There's a very big difference. I've even, I've, I've stolen the hashtag, right? I mean, I can give you guys credit, right? Cool. But, yeah. but, but it truly does, right? There's a difference between, like you guys have always said, it's like there's a difference between like learning something, educating yourself on something, reading something versus training on it, like doing it, doing the thing, yeah. training changes <laughs> behavior. And that is so huge. And it's one of the things that I try to impart when I teach. Yeah, there's, well, there's a difference between education and training. I mean, that that's that's the thing. That education will give you insight. It will give you knowledge. It will expand your worldview. Um, but but it it might not help you do the thing that you need to go do. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you know you, you have a, a medical background. It's a perfect mm-hmm. example. You can't. I could read all I want on medicine, and I could watch all the YouTube videos I want about being a paramedic or an EMT or something. But until I go put hands on a patient, until I go through a training process and learn how to do that, it's all just knowledge, and it's yeah. great. And maybe I can recite everything that you need to do, but but I can't go do it. And then on the other end, you you know you have people that are like they can they can go do it, but maybe they can't talk about it very well. Maybe they're really good at doing it, even, yeah. but they're not good at at all the information that goes in behind it and where it comes from. And that that's great. I, ideally, I'd love to have both, right? And whatever, yeah. but you can only do that in so many things in your life, right? You can only be an expert at so many things. So you want to have the experience of going and doing it. And then if you get that background knowledge and information, well, that's really powerful because now you really understand what you're doing within the context of, of, of what you're doing basically, right? You have so much more behind it, but, but really, you know, because especially, and you know, this coming from even just, um, you know, background in, in working for EMS and fire department down, down in Austin, everyone does this, whether it's fire and police and, and private companies, Everyone does the, well, we got to do your training and you here, go take this online course. And it's yeah. like, okay, yeah. well, that's not training. That's cover your ass. Yeah. That's, that's so the, checking the, a box, so the uh, agency can say, well, you went through this and we taught you this. It's like, well, you didn't, 
you didn't really test me. Yeah, I took a little test out on this thing, but yeah. that doesn't mean I can really apply those skills. I, I mean, you educated me about this policy, but you didn't train me on the policy. Yeah. So, so there's a there's a distinct difference, and they both have their place, right? They both have their place in time. So, so I, I have to know that because you you've even been through different training courses where it goes a little too heavy on the education and not enough on the practical application. Yeah. It's like, well, that's great, but like we didn't get to do a whole lot of it. Right. Or yeah. the other ones that just, you just do everything, <clears throat> but you don't get the, so what are the why? So when it comes to the application, it can yeah, kind of like, get oh, a little fuzzy. Right. Yeah. So one the, the, one the, my, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Greg. No, no. One of my favorite characters on big bang theory is Sheldon and Sheldon's never been in a pool or a lake or a pond. Yeah but he knows how to swim. And they ask him, well, how did you learn how to swim? And he says, well, yeah, I read about it. I read how to swim. And now I've been imparted with that knowledge. Well, when he gets dumped in the water, you know, it's different. And yeah. we've all taken those courses, had to give ourselves a pharyngeal, had to give their, you know, put a, apply a tourniquet. We yeah. also know that that training as essential as it is, uh, it gets modified. Now, when you're in the house and the victim's wife is yelling at you and you've got this going on and the other paramedic yes. has never given a, you know, an, uh, an IV, uh, uh, you know, when a person's bouncing around on the ground, you know, rescue Annie's great, uh, but the CPR mannequins and how good they are now. Uh, but then when you're really on a carpet in a person's living room, yep. so training has to change, uh, uh, as the, the need changes from the environment and, uh, education just doesn't do that. I can tell you it's going to be chaotic when you go into that house, but yeah. it's not the same, Walt, as when you lead me into that house. So so the trainer has a role as a mentor and a coach and a guide uh, uh, and the experiential knowledge and your uh, uh, history and your experiences come together. And that's where the training creates that new skill and changes your behavior because now you become confident and competent and you yeah. change you genetically and and you know you right down to your core and your dna you change and become a a different human and that's hugely important yeah and man and what you guys say is so true i think about like when i do the tac med courses we do a little force on force even though it's just like either sim rounds or green gas guns or whatever yeah you, you've got that stress level up you'll have them do some kettlebell swings or run over there right and then suddenly somebody's shooting at them with whether it's sim rounds or not right you see some really interesting tourniquet application right you know oh, yeah? suddenly when the heart rate's up around 180 and you're like oh wait i gotta return fire oh ouch i'm getting shot right that pain penalty but it's but you see them they run through it a couple of times right and they start to get that flow and that feel it's like like you said man it just it's once you get to do the things right you and you up that up that stress level a bit more with each one i think right for that's what i've found anyway no, no. And you're right. And remember, there's aspects, there's facets to how your brain works. So all of that workout, uh, adrenaline, jumping rope and running stuff, that's one thing. And then you're actually pure skill sets, another thing. And then the stress management internally, that's what people don't understand about training is that you have to have each one of those applied to the training at some point. If you're doing nothing but flipping tires and, and doing the, uh, the ropes, you know, that, that's yeah. fantastic. You'll, you'll live to a hundred, but you might not live through this encounter. And if you're doing nothing but the verbal judo and the negotiations, that's great. But if the guy grabs your gun with both hands, you might not live through this encounter. So the idea is training has to be that 360 complete model. And that's why we love you, too, is that every time you do training, you incorporate all of those facets, the physical, the mental, the sociological, the psychological, the biometric. That from? Those are huge, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But whoever those guys are, you ought to buy their damn book. I know, get their book. <laughs> All right. Memory and emotion links human creatures of habit. God damn, that's so true. Right. So let's talk about that for a second. 
Well, it, it goes into kind of what we were talking about with memory and, and memory motion links, right? If I, it can become so powerful, it can over, it, it, it can, all right, I'll give you an example. Mm. Um, when I, even when I went into the Marine Corps, when I first went in the Marine Corps, I was taught that you can't, you shouldn't rest your magazine on the ground when you're firing mm. because it can induce a stoppage in your weapon system. Mm. Now that's total bullshit, but at one time wasn't right but that was a really long time ago yeah. and and you know especially when the m4 or m16 series came out there are all kinds of different problems and they're fielding it in vietnam mm -hmm. and then there was problems with the magazines and the follower had like a single spring that kind of messed it up right so that's where that came from well here's the thing that was happening in combat so when that happens in combat right you learn very fast and now that becomes beaten into everyone like hey don't do this. You will die. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because someone died doing that. Yeah. So that, th that, because that's such a powerful uh, emotion, powerful memory, because of that memory emotion link, it became a habit. Okay. We, we will no longer do this thing. You will not put 30 rounds into a 30 round magazine, right? Yeah. You will not rest your uh, magazine on, on, on the deck when you're firing. Well, the advancements in technology corrected those problems, but that yeah. lesson stayed that, around for a really, really long exact time. Thing in EMS. That's how powerful because those people were told by someone uh, who, who trained them, who, who someone who trained them, who someone who trained them. They kept getting told because we don't want to learn lessons the hard way again. Hey, don't do this. You never stop and you never do this. And no one ever, you know, went into well, well, why does that happen? Well, why does that occur? And and the problem had been fixed, but the memory was so powerful and it was so linked to this emotion of people dying and Marines dying in combat for a weapons malfunction, not due to ineptitude, not due to overwhelming enemy activity, literally due to the malfunction of a weapon system. Well, the, the, that, that, the, that stuff will stick around. So it's just an example of how powerful those become yeah. and how we become creatures of habit over time. And those things stick around and sometimes we don't even know why. So that happens on, on on both sides. So that was a bad one that that thing stuck around and and now it, it now it's gone. I, I'm assuming by now yeah. in most places. But but the idea is that stuck around and that that affected how there or that that was a negative effect on how uh, we operated, right? Because that, exactly. But but the other side yeah. of that happens too is sometimes we forget why we do things a certain way, and everyone goes. Yeah. Well, then we don't have to do them that way. Let's come up with a new way. And you're like, well, yeah. wait, wait a minute, hang on here. There's a reason why yeah. that's still around this day. And so, so the, it can happen both in a positive and negative way. Yeah. Well, humans remember when... rewrite. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Walt. Well, humans no, 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 rewrite history based on the weight of the information. Yeah. So car alarms were a good idea. We don't use car alarms for car alarms anymore. We use it to make sure we locked our car now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what happens is that full spectrum turn occurs in a lot of different things, and and our initial motivation is that we want to have a smoke alarm in our house. Why? Because we can forget about it. If yeah. I have to go up and change that battery or check that son of a bitch every day, I'm not going to pay attention to it. And case in point, uh, a week ago, uh, New, New York, New Jersey airport, I'm sitting there and the ah, terror goes off. Yeah. yeah. And it says, go now. It says, this is a real threat. Everybody must leave the airport now. And I'm standing with my back to the exit door filming. Walt, yeah. did you see any of those people bailing? Yeah, they're Nobody just like, oh, they're falling. They're like, and, ah, and, and so the idea was that fine. we're going to wait until that cue is so powerful that I hear the gunshots, then I'll say they're balloons and I'll still disregard it, hmm. or the, the blast is in my face before I want to do anything. And <clears throat> most humans, all humans, uh, are based on the four Fs. So fornicate, fight, uh, flee, and feed. 
Yeah. And the fornication part of that is we're constantly looking for a mate because we need to procreate to keep life going. A baby doesn't do that. A preteen doesn't do that unless we predate them and show them how. Yeah. Then they don't understand that it's for procreation. It's just for uh, excitation. Uh, fight. We're willing. That's why it's second to fight to fornicate because we want to be the gene pool that keeps going. That's why big bulls, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, carry on their seed and the, the next year the elk gets bigger. Flee. If we can't fight to fornicate, I want to flee so I can fornicate with a lesser bull or, or squaw or whatever the animal name of a uh, elk would be called the next day, right? Yeah. So the idea is then, what is feed? Feed is one of those things that just keeps that you know body going, so it's always relegated last. So what's a file folder? A file folder is this old carousel with these slides that are going by cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. And as you're moving through your environment, your body's always trying to create an efficiency. I want to be lazy. I want to go back to the cave. I want to go back to bed. I want to sit down and enjoy this meal. I want to smoke. I want to get fat. Well, as you're going through your environment, those things that could hurt you or derail you from that are popping up and warning you. Okay. Hey, don't go over there. Too much sun. You know what's going to happen. You're going to fall down and you're going to turn into a skeleton. Don't go over there. Too much traffic. You're going to hit by a car. So as this whole symphony of life is playing for you, the only thing that's going to get you through is your memory and emotion link. And that's chemical based. And the brain goes, good, good, good signal. Go over here. I smell food. Good signal. There's food available. And loud, raucous noise over here. That's always associated with danger. Let's stay away from that. So if you can get the right training that stimulates your file folders and your memory and emotion link, that information becomes sticky and it's going to come up first. And those people are going to survive at a a higher rate faster than the other people that keep doubting it and going, what is that? What alarm? And yeah. remember, Marin, what we called it, the uh, everything is okay alarm? It's okay alarm, you know, yeah. Everything's you know, okay alarm. It, it's going to run As long as that time, alarm's going it off. Stops. Yeah. yeah. Shit. So we see that all the time. And that's a function. You have to be trained in that. Some people are naturals at it, right? And we call that intuition. Intuition is overblown. You have to be trained on how to look back at your life and go, wow, that was an important memory. Why do I still have it? How do I fit it so I can compare it against future or novel baselines and make a better decision? Yeah. So you make me think about something in there when you, because you, well, you talked about um, the fornication angle yeah. a podcast ago, if I'm mistaken. Right. But um, are you guys, have you seen the show on, yeah, it's uh, it's on Cinemax or HBO. They're, they're merged now, but it's called Naked Attraction. It's a UK uh, show. So no. if you haven't had a chance, man, it's fascinating. I, know what you're about. I, haven't, I yeah. haven't seen it yet, but I so know you're talking about it. It makes me think about something. It's fascinating because, uh, well, one, it would never happen in the U.S. because we'd all have to be perfect people. But, like, they're just regular people. And so a p person comes on there, and they choose a, a person to go out with based on naked attract, Like, just they're naked, right? Full frontal. And uh, FYI, apparently 98% of the U.K. is uh, uncircumcised. I don't That's just the wow. thing. I don't know. Right. But it's interesting because I, I know you guys in the book, you talk a lot about, I'm going to bring it around, I promise, right? You talk about culture and context, which is really interesting because you start to see, I, it's interesting what the Brits from a, from just a, because they don't talk to them until like they get like down to three people. So you, one, the, the person comes out, you see like from the waist down, right? Whether it's male, female, trans, they do a little bit of everybody that a couple picking a chick one time, but like, so there's a little bit of everybody. Sure. It's interesting is they pick the first person like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't like he's, he's got like small feet or big feet or whatever. Right. So they get rid of one. Right. So then they go up a little bit higher to the uh, and you see the chest. Right. And until you get down to see the face, and they just keep eliminating one till they get to the end. But it's interesting what Brits uh, hone in on or what people, I guess. But I, that's what I'm uh, interesting about 
cultures versus like just what how you know how we operate in the U.S. Right? Because they're big on accents. Apparently, like oh, that's an up north accent. That's a down south accent, right? Or that's a posh accent, right? Or because they, I hear a lot of them mention that. A lot of them mention odd things. And what's interesting is rarely, I think, out of I think I've seen three seasons now, so probably about twenty five or thirty episodes because it's just a fascinating human. Uh, sure. They, I think I've seen four of them actually work out. They always go awry, right? It's always, always like, oh, I don't know. We didn't have anything in common after all. Like, or I don't Look know at what they, they were picking on, though. Look yeah, at those exactly. uh, 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 obtuse angles that they were trying to choose. First, I'll go back to something. I'll step out of my lane just for one second. Yeah. Uh, England's an island. It's been fought over since it was an island. And there's a whole bunch of different tribes that have come in from Vikings to this, to that, to there. So when it comes to their culture, they've got a broad, diverse culture and they specialize in nuance. Why? Because so many people have occupied yeah. that space from time to time. But now back in my lane, human behavior is this. I know what I want, but what I want isn't necessarily good for me. I know what I like, but what I like is driven by a different, like what we're talking about is sociologically what works, physiologically what works, and psychologically what works. So what I want to do is I want to marry my mom because she always took care of me, but I want to have a prostitute in the bedroom. Do you get what I'm trying to say? But I want to have a chef in the kitchen. And and the thing is that we create sometimes these uh untenable conclusions because we do that what, what what you should do is exactly the opposite is just be around people and sooner or later those formations occur what that mm-hmm. show got to the point was hey let's strip everything down to it's like naked and afraid naked and afraid has nothing to do with human beings and how they yeah. uh you know populated landmass and learned how to live in society uh, but it's fun to watch somebody's boobs, right? So so the cool thing is I don't have any of those channels, so I don't have to watch it, but I will look up Naked uh, Attraction to to see how that goes. And, yeah, and you're saying it doesn't work because it's pedantic. It's so low yeah, level. It, uh, yeah, yeah, know, it's just, yeah. You're talking about breeding, not fornicating to procreate, right? Yeah. They're not talking about having that baby. Just like we drew the reasonable conclusion when you were talking about the Bojangles, that the guy kept walking in because his girlfriend or wife worked there. It's her baby. He doesn't know something. And the parents keep sending him in because they got to be his ride. We created that entire explanatory storyline, having never been to the Bojangles that you were in and never meeting those people. Why? Because we have to, that's how our brains work to create a pattern of survival. That's viable. And, And a pattern we can pass on to our children and their children. So people say sometimes, well, you're drawing unreasonable conclusions. No, we're not. We're looking at artifacts and evidence that tend to support a reasonable conclusion. Mm. And you know what the courts call that? They call that reasonable suspicion and probable cause. So if I've got that, I'm probably going to make a better decision. On something you guys talk a lot about, right? One of the things that a lot of people make decisions on that show about is like how they stand, right? Their body language. And often when you see the face, right? And then you hear them talk, it's, it doesn't correlate, right? The body language, they're like, they, they, the person picking, right? Gets a completely different idea from the who the person actually is, right? Just from the body language. To you guys' point about body language isn't always. Uh, well, but they think about the context that they're in. They're standing there naked. <laughs> like, yeah. well, I mean, you're like, not. This is not a. Na- you I could handle just, that, Brian. With uh, Brian's a you, prude. When it you comes you to didn't. That. You didn't watch a video of them talking right. to one of their friends yeah. and having yeah, a yeah, fun yeah. conversation. Like you didn't yeah. watch a video or or watch them from afar. One, they know they're being observed, so automatically that changes your behavior. Yeah. Uh, two you're standing there naked like that's you yeah, i mean no one likes television doing that. exactly so you're <laughs> you're imagine how that affects
affects you, you what you're thinking and how you're behaving. So that's the thing that you, you have to put those things into some sort of context. So you're making these completely yeah. unreasonable assumptions. Oh, completely unreasonable. Ba- ba- because you're not getting a true uh, window into that person's world. You're exactly. not viewing it in in some some realistic situation. And it's not within, it's just in the weirdest context. And that's why we, to, to bring it back to the, oh, there's Java, the dog. Um, there's the, the, the reason why we, you know, we put his culture as context. It's like, okay, yep. it, good. It, it, it makes sense of observations, but you can pick up on that stuff pretty quickly. You know, we just use the Japan, uh, uh subway train one, you know, in Japan, yeah. you go to the subway, they've got guys who stand on the platform and they wear white gloves <laughs> and they push people in <laughs> to jam so many people that wouldn't work here in the United States. No. People don't yeah, want to yeah. do that. Right. But, but that's obvious to pick up on where given the situation. Situation, you go okay this is normal right here in this environment but that's not normal in new york city right mm-hmm. and so so those are easy things to spot those differences are easy so what we focus on is obviously those similarities is what's that bandwidth that spreads exactly. across all of these different uh cultures all of these different contexts because there's some body language stuff that's that's universal in the sense that like everyone you know yes your head goes up and down no yeah. it goes this way uh the the man when you feel like you did something stupid and you like you slap your forehead yeah, 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 yeah. you see that all over the world because that's autonomic right you th- those are hardwired things in us um versus the rest is just so dependent on the situation and then the person there because you know there's some people on that show that like they don't care they walk around naked all the time all so they're, the time. And they're yeah. totally relaxed and fine like yeah whatever right. this is just who i am i'm always in my birthday suit yeah, <laughs> yeah. versus someone who's like this is like the first time they've ever taken their clothes off in front of people. You know what I mean? Those are going to yeah. be two different things. So uh, you, you can only go so much on body language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look at things that are repeated across time. Uh, everybody knows what the pee-pee dance is. Mm-hmm. And if you've got to go potty, you're standing there doing the, the hey, I'm you know going a mile a minute, maniac, maniac yeah. for your love, because I got to <laughs> hope to God that I'm going to get to a urinal. Well, yeah. we all know what that looks like. And guess what? You revisit that at certain times in your life you do it as a little kid and people go hey your kid needs to go mm-hmm. uh you do it later in life when you're in college and you've had too much to drink and it's like hey somebody needs to go and you do it later in your life when you're my age and i'm constantly telling brian you think they got a urinal at this exit because <laughs> yeah. i got to go all the time well what what you do is you categorize that observation by putting it in the context and then using it as a lens against the baseline and guess what mm-hmm. if it fits it's likely true and that's why you make better decisions more quickly why is that important because good getting to the front of the line is more important than being at the end of the line uh, uh getting there while the food is being served you know what i'm saying yeah. Uh, yeah. getting gas for your car before it runs out for the zombie apocalypse so the idea is we make better decisions based on the information earlier than other people. And then guess what? We corroborate them by watching what happens next. They go to the bathroom. Well, that makes sense. So people would say, well, it's ends justification. No, it's given ourselves the gift of time and distance mm. left of bang. Hence the gosh damn name that was yeah. written on a napkin and then became a book. Uh, so mm. people can draw reasonable conclusions. Look, you have to draw reasonable conclusions. When you go on a scene, uh, uh, the dispatcher can't tell you it's an aortal implosion, you yeah. know, with this and that. You got to decide that based on the artifacts and evidence that you're seeing. You yeah. got to say, hey, based on the training that I have and all the different victims I've seen in this situation, these things are likely to happen next. You've yeah. got to do that on your knees over a patient that's flash, uh, you know, thra- uh, uh, flailing and thrashing around. So yeah. it's just a different world. And, and the great thing is if these things can work in that environment, they can work in the boardroom. If they can work in that environment, they can work at your school. They can work on a playground. That's all we want people to understand. 
Yeah. Humans don't pay attention unless they're forced to. But I think we covered that a little bit, haven't we? Yeah, I think yeah, attention. Yeah, attention is a big one. Yeah, yeah. attention. Here's, and here's, and we all have attention deficit disorder. Thank God yeah. somebody finally <laughs> named it. Here's one that I really like, and I, I I think about this a lot. Humans are predictable, and their patterns are measurable, repeatable, and can be analyzed and defined to satisfy a legal professional standard. Because how many times have I heard? medics when i've taught this thing is like well they were cool till they weren't and i'm like mm, yep. well, what happened beforehand and i'm like okay yeah. well, there's a red flag well there's a red flag with well, you know like maybe you just didn't know how to articulate it or see it or, or identify it but let's talk about that a little bit yeah it, so the in general like humans are constantly on transmit we can't yeah. we can't not be on transmit yeah. and the more we try to not be on transmit the more you'll actually stick out yeah. because it'll become obvious that you're trying to hide something um or I, maybe i won't be able to articulate it well but like i my, my brain will pick up and like hey there's something this person's not they're not acting right within the given scene. Yeah. And so with all of those things, there's always pre-event indications. Now, again, you go to attention and awareness and, and recognition and all of that stuff, but you know, they're going to demonstrate what their intent is, right? They're going to show what they're likely going to do, whether the situation is going to go well or it's going to go poorly. It's based on sometimes our own reaction to it and how we handle it. And so, you, you know, if someone doesn't plan on sticking around, you'll you'll be able to tell, right? They're going to give away certain cues are going to happen before someone can, you know, run away. One, they have to stand up. Uh, two, they have to face and orient towards the direction they want to go. Their feet are going to start mm -hmm. doing that first, right? I mean, you just think about it. If I'm, if you picture someone sitting in a chair, leaning back with their legs crossed, they're not going anywhere. Not right yeah. now. And that snapshot in time, they can't. They literally can't. But all mm -hmm. of a sudden, that changes to now they lean forward. Both their feet are out. They're in that almost like left foot forward, right foot back position. They're mm -hmm. sitting on the edge of their chair. Like, okay, this person plans on taking off soon. Now, back to what Gregor said. I don't know if it's because they have to go to the bathroom or it's because they got to go run away because they got warrants, right? But whatever it is, it, it's screaming to me right there. So I know if someone's sitting in the edge of their seat and their feet are propped up and the weight is on the balls of their feet and they say, no, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, you are. You're planning on it right now. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you're, you're demonstrating that with your behavior. And, and so, so demonstrations of intent are, 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 are very, very powerful signals to look for. Right. Yeah. And, and, and what you're kind of talking about Usually what we say is like someone picks up on some incongruent signals like, yeah, yeah they were saying this, ask, yeah. they were saying this, they were saying this, but then, you know, this happened. It's like, yes, there, you were picking up on some incongruent signal. Yeah. And so you have to take a step back and go, wait a minute, why, why are, why, why is the words coming out of your mouth, not matching up what's happening in yeah, the scene exactly. right now. Yeah. And, and, and I, I might not always be able to know why yet without sustained observation, but at that point I can take that sort of tactical pause. I can, you know, mentally take a knee and step back and go, okay, hang on. I'm missing something. So let me figure that out first before I move any, any farther forward. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, no, it makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. So let me dovetail on that. Now I'll go a different direction. We created the term lunacy and lunatics because we associated the moon with people acting up and we could go into a whole gosh darn dissertation on this, but what does the moon give us at night? It gives us light. And mm -hmm. so the light allows us to go out into the darkness and do more because we don't do as much when it's a dark night, you get it. And so the idea is that we created this whole thing that's not born in science. Yet, if you talk to any first responder, they'd go uh, full moon out tonight. Full moon tonight. Get crazy. Full moon. So, that means that there's a difference in a person's mind 
and they can measure what's right or wrong or good or evil or fun or, or not fun a long way out. So if you work in prison, you know what it's like when you come into the prison and it's quiet or it's noisy. And each one of those things is important for you to pick up on early enough because they mean something. They mean you're going to have a crappy day or you're going to have a good day. Same exact thing, but a different venue happens in a cafeteria where the people go, oh, here comes the lunch rush and it's going to be a wild one. Why? Well, they just know based on what? Based on that deck of cards that they got in their head that showed every one of the hundred times that they served lunch before this one. And I would say that Think about people that are in ICU or people that are in extended care. The caregivers that work on those wards can tell you, hey, uh, 1A, things have yeah. changed. And you go, yeah. wait a minute, the person's in a coma and hasn't moved for a while. Oh, there's a change. There's a definite change. Now, yeah. that might be from the reading of the room or the person grabbed a hand or did something else. Mm-hmm. What happens is we're constantly on receipt. Brian said it exactly right. We're constantly on transmit, but human beings are constantly on receive. That's why we have eyes and that's why we have a nose close to our mouth and our ears are off to the side is because we're supposed to read those signals. But every time we order a number three in a clown's mouth, those signals get less important to us and they're not equally weighted anymore. So society, the world, other humans, vehicles, events, they're constantly trying to warn us of impending danger or doom. And we're not seeing, hearing, feeling, or smelling those messages because life has been so easy. And remember, mm-hmm. our instincts are to spend our entire life finding the easiest path uh, and avoiding uh, uh, danger, yet yeah. danger and scar tissue uh, give us the best uh, resilience and the best sticky file folders and memories. Yeah, man. Fuck, that's great. That's great. We covered, I mean, we covered um, humans try hard to mask their behaviors, and the more they try to mask them, I think Phil, we covered that one. Automaticity and the unconscious mind cause humans to unknowingly telegraph their intentions. Man, I see that's yep. th- that so much within. Well, I see it because I, I, you know, like my girlfriend loves more murder shows, right? So I'm so convinced yep. she's going to try to kill me and get away with it, right? But <laughs> ah, you always see yep. the, you know, you see the interrogations, right? And you start to understand, you start to see the little, you know, the hands in the shirt, you know, and the, the holding yep. themselves, or you say, or you see it too with, uh, you see it on Naked Attraction, not to bring it back to that show, right? <laughs> but, but like you see, like, because you'll see the females, especially. Well, you'll see guys, they'll try to stand a little bit bigger, try to stand with their shoulders out a little bit more, right? You know, just, you know, what does Rory Miller call it? The monkey dance, right? You see in a bar, guys try to seem bigger and pull you. You see the girls play with their hair. You see them use some of those nonverbal yep. cues, right, yep. to to get picked, right? And it's not, and usually the date doesn't even go well. They just want to get picked. Like, I got picked out of all these other naked chicks or naked dudes, right? But let's talk about that a little bit. The automaticity and the unconscious mind causes humans to telegraph. Because that's fascinating to me. Uh, I'll let you start with that one, Greg. Yeah. So let's go to the interview room. You know, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, scraping, yeah, yeah. I'm champing yeah. a bit here. So let's go to the interview room you're talking about. So you get picked up for a, a drive-by. A couple of people died. Uh, somebody named you, all this, and they want to bring you in for the interview, mm-hmm. right? So you're sitting in the interview room, and the very first thing you think about is I want to sit back in my chair, lean back from the table, pull my hoodie up and, and all my clothes close to me, and fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I would be thinking about. <laughs> When I'm now in a room that may be the last room where I have any element of freedom and the decisions made in that room might put me in jail for the rest of my life or give me a lethal injection. So you talk about incongruent signals and what the person is doing is they're going, okay, play it cool. Mm 
Yeah, yeah. that's what they're saying. Yeah. And and their their brain is going, well, you got me. So those two things are trying to self-regulate. They're like different bodies of water that are going back and forth. And it's like the seesaw with a fat person on the other side. You never get to touch the ground, right? Those things are so powerful inside of your brain. And what's your brain planning on? Your brain is not planning on right now. Your brain is planning on what's next. So because it's going through all of these possible signals that are going on, what you don't understand is you're rehearsing those signals visually. And the person sitting across from you is going, okay, what's just happening now? You're, you're all yeah. over the place. Your eyes are darting. You're, you know, covering up yourself. You're, you know, rubbing your face, those type of signals in context, when you're watching a person, for example, uh, Brian and I uh, use a, a series of photos in class of a guy that's doing a bank robbery. And before the bank robbery, he goes through everything. He's literally rehearsing. Where's the gun and the face I'm going to use and all that stuff. Then he comes around the corner of the pillar and he does it. Those mental rehearsals, my brain does constantly. And we've done them since we were an infant. And because we repeated them so many times, they have no meaning to our brain. Our brain is so used to doing it that it it, it becomes a pattern of behavior that we don't even recognize. So we'll be using that transmit signal and everybody in the room reads it. And then we're surprised that they got there ahead of time. We, We had some young girl and we were doing an exercise in class at Liberty University. And she was so young and she was just in a university very uh, at the very beginning of her tenure there. And you know what? When we did the exercise, she was beating SWAT team members and professors nice. to the punch. Why? Because she was on receipt. She had opened up everything and she was going, okay, what this means in my world is danger. What this means in my world is that this is a little kid. And she was nailing it. And, and we had to ask her after a while, did you hit our notes? And it was like, no, it's just so apparent to me. So yeah. you have to go back to that person and eat the popcorn and sit back and give yourself the gift of time and distance and watch because the story is right there. But what happens is we're so interested in asking the next question that we don't pay attention to the answer. We're so interested in getting to our point that we don't watch the person for 10 minutes in the interview room before we open the door. Those are the keys. When you have the luxury of time and you have the luxury of distance, you make much better decisions. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. And then, and the, the, you know, what, what Greg was talking about too at the beginning is, um, it, there's different people come up with, it, with different explanations out there for uh, how, why this stuff manifests on your body and why certain things happen about when you're lying and being dis- deceitful and all that. And there's some there's some cool stuff up there or out there about it. And, and you know, but you think about it, you know, your prefrontal cortex right up here. You know, mm. that's what a lot of scientists call your lying brain, right? Humans yeah. lie all the time, right? You can make up a story, you can do whatever, but you're you're primitive brain knows that you know that's not what really happened so when you're in those situations and you're doing the no i wasn't there no i don't know anything about this your primitive brain's going wait a minute yeah Mm -hmm. i was there dude that's exactly what happened and you're (laughs) the one that right so you're you have sort of this inner this this mental sort of cognitive turbidity in a sense that your your prefrontal cortex is trying to do one thing but your limbic system's like all right so now it's going well wait a minute why are we lying and so what does your limbic system care about? Your survival. So yeah. it's like, all right, maybe this is a survival situation that we need to lie to get out of it. So I'm going to start kicking out some some yeah. things that may help you. Here's some cortisol. Here's a little bit of adrenaline, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's this to, to get you through that situation because we think we're in survival mode. So so there's this disconnect between yeah. what someone's saying and, yeah. and what they're exhibiting. And it goes back and forth. And it's odd because you're like, well, what the, what the f is going on here? I, I always have my, one of my favorite examples is, 
um, uh, when Roger Clemens was testifying in front of uh, Congress oh, about yeah, dancing drugs. Yeah. yeah. So when they're first asked him questions, talk to him, you know, some of the senators or congressmen, I forget who it was, were saying, hey, you know, you're a national hero, blah, blah, all this stuff. He's doing thanks. And one, look at the context. He's testifying Congress. So you're yeah. going to be nervous. I don't care yeah. if you're innocent, guilty, whatever. You got cameras on you. They got the glass of water there. As soon as they started bringing up performance enhancing drugs, dude, his face turned beet red. He started yeah. chugging water. He kept licking his lips and doing all this. Mm -hmm. Lack of episodic saliva. So basically, yeah. all of those those uh, those things were happening physiologically that he cannot control. Yeah. So it's like, well, well, why is that happening in this context? It yeah. wasn't you weren't doing that two minutes ago, but now you're doing it now. And then yeah, two minutes yeah. later, you weren't doing it. What was it there? So you see this sort of spike, and and it's just a great example uh, of what we're talking about because some people can hide it better than others. Some people don't have certain emotions or don't feel certain things yeah. because they psychologically whatever you want to diagnose them with, but they may not have that reaction as much, but it's still there. It's still there in a sense that your yeah. brain knows. So it, it's, it's, um, that the, those, those incongruent signals, again, I go back to that. What are those incongruent signals and why? Like, I might not know why this person is lying and making up the story. Uh, the, the interview ones are great because sometimes it's the guy was there and saw his friend do it, but he had nothing to do with it, but he's also not about exactly. to talk about it. You know, yeah. so or you he don't know why. He was cheating exactly. on a significant he, other. He, he should and, have been in that. He should have been in that. He should have been in that that gas station filling up with gas, coming back from his girlfriend's house because he was going home to his yeah, wife. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you don't why, know why. Yeah. That's why the training is so important because you don't want to turn this into an episode of My Cousin Vinny. In My Cousin Vinny, <laughs> the film, I, I refer to that a lot. Uh, yeah. You watch and and that Daniel Larusso character, whatever the actor's real name is, going. I shot the clerk. I shot the clerk. Yeah. And the guy turns it around by saying when he's testifying, yes. And that time he said, I shot the clerk. And I said, you shot the clerk. And he said, I shot the clerk. Well, that's not exactly what happened. But yeah. out of context, that's what happened. So just because that person's acting flighty in a certain situation uh, doesn't tell me he's guilty, but it tells me that there's something more there that I have to compare. Yeah. And and for you to be able to go to sleep, somebody's going like, yeah, well, he's really tired. Yeah, he started because he was fucking killing somebody. Pardon yeah. the language. Yeah. And the yeah, idea yeah. is what they don't do is they don't read the, the tea leaves that are right in front of them. So Brian and I rely on artifacts and evidence to support those conclusions. But then what do we do? We do a deep dive and we find those explanatory storylines and we link them. Uh, uh, if you put a round peg in a square hole, you're jeopardizing all of your conclusions that you're yeah, making exactly. and every future conclusion. And that, again, that's why we go back to the Supreme Court. What does the Supreme Court do? The Supreme Court looks at it in the face of this time now, what happened with these elements rather than going, well, what if we don't do conjecture? We only do what we know based on what we see. Yeah. Something you said earlier, Greg, uh, made me think about something. Do you guys find that women pick up on this? The they're quicker to sort of pick up the cues of the. I guess what you guys when you, when you teach it, I'm trying to think of a good way to I'm trying to articulate. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You're saying it right. So the, yeah. the the idea though, why though, Walton? You know this because females had to be more intuitive. There, there's this shitty study, pardon my language, it just yeah. frustrates me. There's this uh, crappy study that's on now that says, hey, women hunted. They weren't just gatherers. Of course women hunted because they wanted to survive and make the tribe survive as well. They fished too. And you know what? Some of them fought right next to the men. So we got to stop relegating women as this other being. That's yeah. the history did to them. But I'll tell you this. Because women have constantly been predated upon, uh, uh, horses, even domestic horses, 
were predated upon early by uh, uh, dangerous animals. So they still have that peripheral flinch reflex and mm -hmm. you can get thrown. I, I rode horses for many, many years. I know all of a sudden uh, the guy in front of you loses their hat and the horse doesn't say hat. They say pterodactyl swooping yeah. in to get me. Right. And you know, they're going to be coming up. So the idea is that females have it sooner because females have been raped and they've been uh, yeah. victimized and yeah. they were, you know, not as strong in certain yeah, situations, well, that, right? That, that That's well, the thing, too, is you look at it, one of the major differences between men and women, right? You have the different hormones we have, which cause course. like men have more muscle on their body as yeah. women. This isn't about working out or anything like that. Nope. Just born naturally, you have more muscle mass on your body. Or, women, or men are generally taller, but physically stronger, literally higher bone density. That's all the things that testosterone does, more aggressive. So women have, they're already at a disadvantage. So what does that do over? over time when you're at a physical disadvantage you got to get smarter you got to have better yeah, perception really, yeah. you have to be able to see Faster. something so over time what do you think that led to they're better hmm. now when it comes to forming a reasonable conclusion on likely events not necessarily maybe any better but are they are they picking up on more things in their environment absolutely they, they can hmm. see more they can literally see more right in their environment and especially if they have had uh, children as well are better at almost reading certain body language cues very subtly because they had to communicate with a child for how long Dude, yeah. how long before a kid can tell you what they want or yep. what they need it takes a couple of years man yeah. and so so the idea is you have to be able to read that and look at it and so so that's where it it comes from and so 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 yeah, it's it's a very powerful. Uh, they're they're naturally more uh, intuitive at it. I guess would be the right way. Yeah. Can 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 pick up on things in their environment. Protective um, instinct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I, and yeah. and that also leads to a disconnect. Parents, listen to this next part just for a second. When you go to school and you argue with the teacher, teacher bounces your kid for some reason or sends home a message and the teacher comes uh, uh, and says, come into the school. I want to talk to you about it. And the parent comes and goes, I watched Timmy all day long and he would never do anything like this. And then the next question is, have you ever watched him in class interact with these other people? Well, no. Well, then shut up. See, the idea is that if we don't put that in context, those things uh, uh, become uh, based only on our knowledge. So that's the idea, again, behind the textbook and, again, behind going to training and learning more things. The more things that you learn, the more you can compare against and go, oh, that's why that happens. Oh, there's a historical perspective. Oh, physiology or, or neurochemistry add to my conclusion. That's, you know, that's what we're all about, too, is, is debunking some of this crap parlor uh, magic uh, that people talk about human behavior. Yeah. It made me think about uh, there's, I forget who told me about it. They, it was a self-defense class of males and females. And like, how many people in here uh, think about what you're going to do if you get attacked on the way to your car? And no dude raised his hand because we don't think that. Exactly. You know I mean? And like women are like, yeah, I can't think about that. Right. Exactly. You know, like you like half the planet uh, can, you know, half the planet's bigger and stronger than I am. So yeah, I've got to be smarter. I've got to be more perceptive. I've got to like be able to survive. It's just fascinating, man. That fuck, we could talk about this all day. God damn it. <laughs> Go down rabbit holes. Right. Um, where are we at? Automaticity. We just did that one. Uh, I love this one. Cognitive illusions can, can be overcome with training because it, man, it, it, that statement in and of itself, right? How I'll give you a perfect example. Like how many dudes think they can fight who've never taken, oh, yeah. who've never. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Until they get slapped and then yeah. it changes. Mike Tyson will be yeah. the first to tell you that. I, I'll give you, I'll give you one. So we were in Germany and we were training, uh, just off to fold the gap with a, a certain unit that was doing stuff. And AFRICOM is based in Europe, uh, mm. uh, specifically in Germany. And, 
So uh, Shell and I were having a discussion before a scenario, and all the sniper team was watching us, and they were going, oh, man, he is chewing her out. And he is just yelling at her and just screaming at her. What they were doing is taking it out of context, and they'd never listened or watched or seen us interact before. So they came down, and they go to Shelly. They go, hey, he really gave you the business. And she's going, him? Are you out of your mind? I'm a big, uh, dumb Macy's parade float with people pulling on me. And I'm very animated. And if anybody's ever watched me before, my hands are constantly moving, and I'm talking, and I'm trying to create in your mind these balloon characters, too, so you can see what I'm talking about. But if you would just see that. So what happens is that's a cognitive illusion. Round peg, square hole just enough information for you to get into trouble. And you're reading a heuristic prototypical match well before you're taking a look at it in context and then against the situation. So what happens is we jump to unreasonable conclusions when we allow our imagination to take over. And our imagination can be our best friends. Uh, uh, Most of life is fantasy. Okay, that's why we can pleasure ourselves without anything else except for our hand and our imagination. Uh, And what happens is if we're watching a scenario and we start creating these explanatory storylines not based on fact, then we'll come up with it. Like uh, uh, there was one that was going around just a few months ago, and it said, uh, when you're walking through a parking lot, knock on every van because there might be a woman that's tied up in there. And the other thing is if you ever see a dollar bill on the windshield wiper, that's a to get the woman to come out and grab that so they can tackle her and victimize her. I was a cop for 27 years. Never once have I heard of anything that was that wild ever turning into anything. No. But, but what happens with it is all of a sudden we get amped up and that becomes the new truth, you know? Yeah. So you yeah. got to back off the speed on that a little it's, bit. It's the the poison, you know, drugs in the Halloween candy. Yeah. It's like, there no, that was, that was someone who did that to their own kids and then said, no, it was the Halloween candy they got. Yeah. That's where that yeah. came from. Like, if it, I had know, done, yeah. If I had a dime for every time I picked up some money and they're like, somebody put something in a drink. I'm like, yeah, she did alcohol. That's what happened. There I, you know. <laughs> yeah. I always check back and I, yeah. I, I, I guarantee I've heard it 50 times. If I've heard yep. it a hundred, you know, and only once has it ever come back that someone was drugged. And it was a, a, a young man who was very distraught that like just woke up on the side of the road walking and like realized where he was at. That is the one time in my yep. 30 years of EMS where someone had something put in their drink. Right. Otherwise, I'm like, I'm like, and I was the same thing. I'm like, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure they did. I was probably, you put the alcohol in it. Let let me ask you one. How many times, and and you guys are on social media a lot, and it's good that you are. How many times have you seen a video of a trained, experienced veteran law enforcement or trainer or experienced shooter uh, shoot themselves when they're telling somebody to do something on a range? Shoot themselves in the leg, shoot themselves. I know two uh, law enforcement professionals with incredible experience that were uh, appendix carrying and shot themselves in their car just before a dangerous situation and bled out. They died. Why? Mm. Because we have this uh, view of ourselves that sometimes doesn't correspond with our training or reality or our experience. We think these talismans that we carry around, less lethal force or the greatest holster or the high capacity magazine are equal to our training. And and that's a cognitive illusion. And if we continue to inflate uh, 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 that cognitive illusion without measuring those other signals in our environment, we're going to step into the lion's den. And then when you do, you're not going to know better than to get out of there quickly. I mean, why do we carry tourniquets, right? Why do we, why do we do all the training that we do? Because every once in a while, the wolf is at the door. So what we have to do is we have to see things clearly and measure them uh, uh, and prepare our responses for these unlikely events, because that's where 
will have to fight the hardest. And it's really hard to tell somebody to prepare for a school shooting when they've never had one. Or, or there's been nobody in the district and we're talking about, you know, hey, we have to do this this, this uh, psychology training for your coppers for de-escalation because when they get in a situation, they're going to swing. And and you don't believe it till you see it. They, they leave the sirens are at the, at the end of the pursuit. Oh, Why? Because yeah. they're not thinking. They don't hear that. They have they auditory exclusion, right? Yeah, yeah. And so each one of those things we try to address to make sure that you're smarter and faster and harder to kill. But that tool that you're carrying uh, uh, can be the link or it can be the thing that gets you killed playing to the camera that you're wearing on your body when you're in a situation can get you killed because now you're so worried about the camera you're not paying attention to the suspect you're not paying attention to the the dialogue that's that's going on and the person's warning you over and over uh the cop uh, the the marshal in texas that gets killed because the barrier was language cognitive illusion he was making traffic stops at night didn't call for a linguist and the the three guys in the car are saying well we're going to kill him how do we kill him well you tackle him i'll do this and he missed oh, all of it that's yeah, a, it's um, another illusion you know the uh Darryl, it's not tarrant texas but you remember yeah, that one. yeah, yeah. daryl oh yeah it's one so, of the ones we saw in spirit Club. come on yeah. those, those things happen all the time because we have an inflated view and our ego doesn't pay us any compliments and what mm-hmm. has to happen is we have to ground ourselves we have to understand uh uh uh, exactly what our role is in the situation early enough that we can avoid that danger or we can avail ourselves of that opportunity. Good stuff. Humans unknowingly betray their affiliations. Now, is this, so I want to get into that because I'm, I, because one of the most fascinating parts of when you get into the domains, right? The iconography, right? Because people, yeah. you know, like you guys say all the time, people want to tell you what they like, what they're interested in, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm, I, exactly. you know like, I, I mean, and I use it as uh, kind of social engineering. If a woman has a coach purse or a, like, as if you say, oh, it's a really cute coach purse. She's like, oh, a dude knows what a coach purse is. Suddenly like yeah. my, my stock goes up, right? <laughs> like I'm like, hey, what's up girl? How about that duty Burke you got going? Right. But let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I, so it goes back to we're, we're constantly on transmit. So we mm-hmm. betray our affiliations, meaning we, we tell you what our interests are, uh, yeah. what group we belong to. We do that autonomically. We do that, um, by sometimes looking over at people that we're with, um, looking back, like, you know, if you're ever at the airport and you have to grab something or go up to the gate age or something, like you got your stuff setting down, you're like, you keep looking back at your bag, yeah. right. Cause you're, you're, you're worried about your stuff getting stolen or something, you know, you're just like, Oh, you know, even though in an airport, it's unlikely that anyone's going to yeah. touch or it there versus anywhere else. Bomb. Yeah. Right. 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 And I'm you, not so leaving this always, alone. <laughs> so, so what it is, I can see at a great distance through a pair of binoculars and go, Oh, okay. That's likely his, his, um, his suitcase there because you keep yeah. looking back at it and you keep betraying that sort of affiliation with that object. Yep. You'll do that with mm-hmm. people. You'll do that with groups. You'll do that with your own interests and and it, it it's just kind of screaming out at the world you, you you sort of can't not do that right you can't break that habit um you know humans are designed where we look at each other when we talk so one of the things like you know, we've even had people say it be like watch greg and i were outside we were doing some laboratory tests out at stanford research institute we were outside mm-hmm. but you know they were inside this room and, and the windows right there looked right out to where we were and we were talking about scenarios what we we're doing we were looking around having a full conversation we came back and the guy was like you guys are this is this is legit how you do things you're like this all the time we're like what do you mean he's like i watched you you two had a full conversation and i don't think you two ever looked at each other once <laughs> and like because great. i was looking yeah. over greg's shoulder and he was right. looking over mine it wasn't a uh we were literally in the middle of you know what was it whatever that school is out on the east coast uh, uh right by princeton whatever's on their princeton. campus which is it was always confusing because it was a stanford research institute but it was at princeton which yeah. threw me off but right. but the idea was like 
there was no threat there, but yeah. it didn't doesn't stop us from doing what what we normally do. You have to break that habit, and and so if I'm looking around, I can have a conversation with you, I'm talking to you, but but that's unnatural. You have to learn yeah. to do that. You have to train yourself to do that. So what I'm what I'm getting at is that someone looking at us went like, wow, that this is an odd thing. Even this person, totally untrained, total computer guy with six mm-hmm. screens in front of him, got it right away because yep. he's like, oh, okay, I see that that that's different. Humans normally look at each other, so we betray those affiliations in a number of different ways. And, and we also cheat. Brian and I cheat every chance that we get because we want to win and we want to be right. Yeah. So when we went down to Austin, your alma mater, and we enlisted the aid of, of uh, somebody on our advisory board, a great guy. Uh, and we had Clark uh, that sh- showed up. And the reason we needed Clark is because we were in an environment that was close to many of the environments that we had been in, uh, mm-hmm. Clark Dever, uh, before, but we needed a Terp translator. And so what we did is we said, we're seeing this graffiti all over the place. And he broke it down for us. And we drove around in the car until we knew how to say it back to him. These are tags. These are throwies. These are pieces. Now, those Mm -hmm. descriptions in Austin were very different from any Mm -hmm. of the other places that we've been. But we understood them in context now when we were going down through the streets. So it was more meaningful to us. So Mm -hmm. if we don't understand the cue and we don't enlist the aid of somebody that's tuned into the cue, then we we won't give it the weight that it's necessary. And therefore, we won't draw a reasonable conclusion. So don't be afraid when when we are going down to meet with an expert on the ground and go, show us. Why why do we have a linguist? Uh, I, I used to have two linguists. I was lucky enough in Afghanistan to have two. One did the play-by-play, one did the color. And, and the one was from the United States and spoke fluent Pashto and Farsi. Uh, but the one that was on the ground from Afghanistan says, yeah, he was educated in the U.S. What that means is this. And they would argue all the time for it. But guess what I got? I got the benefit of both of those uh, pictures. And sense. when I can see more, when I can read more, when I can taste more of the food and drive in the local car, then I assimilate more of that information and I'll draw a better conclusion. Good stuff, boys. God damn it. Man, I would just, we could just, I've got way more and more notes that like we don't have that kind of time, boys. Yeah, we'll, we'll have us back on. Yeah, have us back on. Yeah, we'll do more episodes. Yeah. We love being on the show. Man, I love having you guys on. This episode will actually be up tomorrow morning. Oh, Oh, my gosh. That's great. I'll fuck around. (laughs) No, <laughs> well, you're I'll North like, Carolina now. Yeah, yeah, you're, 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 now you're 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 semi retired. You're semi retired now, yeah, so yeah, you have right the time right. to do this stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I am you can not help, doing. You, oh, you can you can help us write um, left of bang two. Left of bang two, still banging. The search for yeah, still banging, still Electric. banging. Oh yeah. my god, that <laughs> Brian, you've just named it. That's it, and there'll be a big picture of me on the cover because you know that on the book. I'm the author of the book, sole author. Yes, oh, there's no other names uh, on the cover. Hilarious. Uh, That's stupid. Left the bank too, electric boogaloo. That's it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there's so many unanswered questions. Oh, That's so good. It's so good. Man, it's always incredible having you guys on. Always, uh, always phenomenal. Love coming on, man. Did I, really I put it, I think uh Friday or Saturday, I put up a post. It was like, yeah, Brian and Craig come Brian and Greg are coming. Yeah. Like, oh shit. People look at you know, they're all excited. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. That's so I'm cool. super excited. Yeah, man. It's gonna hey, it's, before it's we go, awesome. did you wear anything for Halloween? Halloween just passed, folks. Uh, I, I don't did know what timeline not. you're on. Aw. I should have went as Greg. I should have went with a brown jacket and a pen and a yeah. poop emoji. Oh hat. my gosh. Guess what I wore in New York? I brought the brown jacket out of requi- retirement yes. and actually wore it when Brian and I were in New York. That's and amazing. the first thing I did, we're, we're uh, 
uh, talking to the Synagogue Security Council in North America, first thing I did is I got the opening remarks and I started crying. Couldn't even finish my sentence, but uh, uh, Brian pulled me out of it. It was great. I'm yeah. so emotional now. All these things are coming I, up. And it's I so am important. such a big softy now. I, yeah. I, I, I'm the same way right now. I'm just like, you know, I, I read somewhere, I forget who wrote it, but like, it's like, you know, when you're, when you're younger, you, you cry for yourself, right? When you get older, yeah. you cry for other people, you know? Oh, that's like so true. That, you know, these and, last couple of weeks have not been easy, man. Yeah, so this it. is great. It. This is great that we're on the show. Uh, uh, I, I, for Halloween was Dick Cheney. <laughs> the only thing that I had what? was a length of chain. Yeah. So I'll let you figure out the rest. Yes. God damn it. That's great. It was great. That's hilarious. Great. What Just did the insurgent hilarious. go as? Cause I know you dressed up the insurgent. Oh, I got she, the photo. She was a, she was a witch. And then the new baby boy, uh, Max was a little monster from, oh, uh, he had this adorable little outfit. The kid's so cute. It's ridiculous. It looked like that's that show amazing. monsters incorporated. Yeah. yeah that's that where oh, that's thing. Awesome. They were so adorable. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. Oh. That's awesome. When do you guys come out to North Carolina? That's a big question. Yeah. yeah we got to do that. We, do that. we gotta get out there. We definitely hey, gotta get I'll by tell you, you what, you put it up. We'll come out. We'll do a day. With all your listeners, uh, you know, I, I think that would be a great thing. All yeah, seven of them. give them some knowledge. We can, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. We'll bring our three. We'll have ten. It's a quorum. <laughs> that's a quorum. Yeah, it's more of a quorum, dude. That's yeah, we can build our listeners. Max, now I'm assuming yeah, Max will listen. Damn oh, it, eleven. It's dude. It's always always incredible having you guys on. Um, oh, so you. a couple things though before we go. One one, where can people find you? And two, where can they find the textbook? Yeah. So. Uh, obviously the left of greg podcast so you can check us out there and reach out to us that's the easiest left of greg at gmail.com or you can just head over to the website at arcadia cognorati i'm sure you'll put the links up and then i'll put the link to um uh the the textbook and then do a little little discount code for for any one of the the listeners of the distinguished savage podcast so you can great you you can do you can do that and then i'll get that i'll get that over to you actually i gotta better get that over to you today because you're gonna and then i would say i would say well make sure that you ask those folks that that are interested whether they want the Greg version or the Brian version of or the, the text version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put some yeah. tape on that one. That's funny. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And the uh, Remo rule of thumb, as it Ooh-hoo. were. Yeah. I use that all the time, buddy. <laughs> That's so good. It's so Perfect. good. All right, boys, we'll stop recording and we'll talk for a second. All right. Say bye to everybody. Thanks, Thank you, everyone. everyone. Bye. Wait, let me hit pause. God damn, let me get my shit together. That was my conversation with Brian Marin and Greg Williams. As you can tell, and I always have such an incredible time with those guys. Huge thank you to Brian and Greg for their time, their wisdom, and their true brotherhood. And you can find them and their training on their website, ArcadiaCognorati.com, and on their podcast, which I also highly recommend, the Left of Greg podcast on all podcast players. And they have a Patreon, which I uh, subscribe to. I think it's like two bucks a month still. I mean, it's not very much at all, right? But I mean, I also recommend that they put out some really cool content on there. The content that they put up is absolutely phenomenal. And you can, you can find them. You can find Brian anyway on IG as well. Uh, he's either at Brian Marin at Arcadia Cognorati or at the left of Greg podcast, all three, but all that they put out, they just put out incredible uh, content. And one of the things I alluded to is he put out one on Sunday. It was like a Instagram live. It was about 20 minutes and man, it was, it was just incredible. Right. But these guys put out so much great content. Also, there's a 10% discount code for their textbook on, in the show notes. So check that out. 
Now, upcoming training opportunities, KDI Protective Services has some high-speed training events coming up in 2024. First, January 21st to the 27th, the KDI 80-hour Basic Dignitary Protection Course is coming, hosted at Lancaster County EMS Training Headquarters in Lancaster County, South Carolina. Lancaster, if you're from that area. This is the KDI Signature Basic Dignitary Protection Course and is absolutely incredible. Also, in York Carry, South, York Carry, York County, South Carolina, KDI is holding their 30-hour Intermediate Dignitary Protection Course, another course I highly recommend and have taken. That course date is February 6th through the 8th at the York County Law Enforcement Training Facility. Both courses you can find information and sign up for on the KDI website, teamkdi.com. Man, do not – these. The do not wait. These these courses go quick. The spots go quick. Absolutely incredible training. Now, if you'd like to get in touch with me, there are a couple of ways you can do that. The best is to email me at walt at thedistinguishedsavage.com or DM me. Slide into my DMs on Instagram at Distinguished Savage. There's a Facebook as well, but honestly, man, I rarely, rarely get on Facebook. It is too... Uh, vitriolic and depressing. So there's that. Also, a huge thank you to my sponsor, Absolute Security and Lock. And don't forget, I got that Distinguished Savage merchandise for your fine ass over on the Teespring website. And I, you can click the link in my bio on Instagram. You can search Teespring website for the Distinguished Savage podcast store. Either way, it's a little, just a little this, that's and the others. If you want to pick yourself up something, if not, always no hard feelings. I always appreciate you guys all taking the time to listen. If, if you would, please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever podcast player you listen on. I know on iTunes and Spotify, it is not, well, it's a bit easier on iTunes, but not as easy on, on Spotify, but it really helps get the show out there. And if you find somebody that may dig the show, please share it with them, man. It really, it helps a lot, right? More than I could ever tell you. So with all that said, until next time, clothes will make the man or woman, accessories make the gentleman or lady, but critical thinking skills and the lethal skill set make the savage distinguished by our body. Well, I grew up in the back of field, Lord, I couldn't find no three, so I got them behind 18 wheels. And I told them right into the sun, Uncle Sam said your fun is done, and I sent him to Vietnam with a machine gun. He said, over there, I'll ever learn. If you play with fire, you're gonna get burned. And you better keep your feet dry. I stole the him home in a matter of time. And he took up work on the assembly lines. And he damn near lost his mind. And he went back to the only thing that made his poor heart sing on the open road where he was a king. Man, you can, man, you can.